social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. This uh, mask debate and unmasking, especially school children. Now listen, we're coming up on a big weekend, because it's Super Bowl weekend, so you want the places that are hosting Super Bowl parties, some of the bars and restaurants, you want them to do well, then Monday is Valentine's. So it's Valentine's weekend. So uh, in, in light of all of that, but Governor McKee really has some decisions to make regarding masks. And the mask debate, as I was saying in Rhode Island, you know what's really interesting is the, the mass. it's really become the Democrat Party platform uh, Ted Nisi of WPRI Channel 12 has an interesting story that so Governor McKee is under pressure, as many of you know, to lift the mask mandate. Now, the numbers continue to go down and the Democrat Party, the far left, they are adamant about masking. They they actually, many of them would like permanent masking, permanent masking for children, whether it be some of the union leaders. It's bizarre. A big part of it is control, but they want children in masks. And so as Governor McKee is trying to decide what he should do about that, and this is also you're seeing, for instance, the, the difference, Governor Charlie Baker of Massachusetts announced he's not running for re-election. And one of the reasons is he didn't want to get involved with the politics of trying to make decisions during this pandemic. And then you're also trying to be a viable candidate. He would have been for re-election. Gina Raimondo was term limited out. Governor McKee, you're seeing part of the problem Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee is, he is fearful of what is going to come back at him in a, in a Democrat primary. So Channel 12 spoke with his opponents for the primary. They spoke to Matt Brown. What did he think about school masking with children? What do you think his response was? I'll tell you what it was. Absolutely not. No, you keep them in mask. Oh, it's way too premature. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Blah, blah, blah. Nellie Gorbea, Secretary of State. Oh, way too, no, way too early. Nope. No, I would keep the kids in the mask. No, you don't do that. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Helene, new person, Helena Folks. Oh, way too early. No, we have to, you know, she's learning what the metrics are. So it's all like a learning curve for her. But, oh, no, you know, absolutely not. And then the other Democrat who I even hesitate to cover him just because he ran in 2018. He got 2% of the vote. So this time he entered a Democrat primary instead of just being an independent. And he felt, oh, absolutely not. Folks, how did it, and I recognize there's so many people listening that are Democrats vote Democrat. I just don't understand how it became. It is now part of the Democrat Party platform. Governor McKee, think about this. He's not getting pressure from, you know, potentially in a primary to unmask. He's feeling pressure to keep the kids in masks. So there, there's a feeling that he's going to opt for to, to do that or he's going to, kick it down and say, well, you know, let people decide. There's a, a really interesting dynamic that's also taking place. Now, Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, who was the former uh, head of the Department of Health, who's going to start getting 46000 a month for the month of March, April, and May, she always preached the most important thing is equity. Everyone must be treated uh, the same way across the board. But what, what I disagree with, and I have disagreed with her on that, 
and I'm interested to see how the McKee people handle this, is as we have learned, you know, places are, are different in, in with the pandemic. So therefore, it doesn't make sense to treat and um, treat every situation the same or this whole business of equity. I, I think, you know, in um, in theory, you know, the idea of equity that every person has best possible health care possible that I mean, I, I think we would all agree with that. But when you're looking at vaccinations, transmission rates, that's where it breaks off. Now, right now, there's uh, three communities that students now have high vaccinations. And those communities are Jamestown, uh, East Greenwich, and Barrington. And I also want to remind people, when people hear about schools and school test scores, in those two communities, Barrington, East Greenwich, some people think it's, it's a matter of, well, oh, they must have really good teachers or really good schools. I would argue it, it all has to do with two parent households who are college graduates. That's what those two areas really have. The more, and, and this has been proven, when you have areas where you have two parent households and both parents are college educated, conversely, their, their children do better in school and therefore, so the area, the community does well. When you, you go into areas where there's, you know, one parent households and or less parents that have uh, received college educations, then test scores traditionally now go down. But as far as the transmission rates, the number of students in Jamestown, Barrington, East Greenwich, who've been vaccinated are very, very high. They're above 80%. Students now, children vaccinated. You go into other communities and they're very low for students. Woonsocket, Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls. My point is, therefore, under Dr. Scott, everyone is treated the same. Dr. Scott would say the children in Barrington, East Greenwich, Jamestown, they can't take their masks off because look at the children in Central Falls and Providence, Pawtucket, and they haven't been vaccinated, and therefore everybody... See, I disagree with that. <clears throat> it should be an effort that, number one, I do believe that different communities should decide whether or not they can have their children in masks. It should not be a decision made just statewide across the board, but I really disagree with treating everyone the same. You know, in... That's one of those things in principle, in theory, perhaps, but then you get into the real world and this business that everybody's the same, various things under the law, they should be treated the same as far as healthcare priorities. But even when it comes to healthcare, we know not every patient is the same, right? There are some people that have underlying health conditions. There are some people that have obesity problems. There are some people that you know, the, the, based on their eating habits. So their age, you know, right now you have people in the hospital and they have COVID and they are dying. But what are their ages? Why are you punishing children? Why are you punishing young children and making them wear a mask? Because there's 85 and 90 year old people that are dying in the hospital of COVID. That makes no sense at all. But it has become a big part of the party platform of the Democrat Party. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of The John DePietro Show, folks, it's brought to you by Delgarian Properties. Check out the link on the website, dipietro.com. Ken Delgarian, Kenny as I call him, well-known developer of Rhode Island, has built a strong reputation, service over 40 years, and he has some beautiful properties. If you go to dipietro.com, click on his link, and you'll see whether it's 375 Lloyd or the Wayland Court Apartments or Wayland Court or 150 Waterman. Some beautiful properties right there waiting for you. Dolgarian Properties. You can find it right on the website, dipetro.com. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, Good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, 
heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Listening to the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, as things continue to heat up with the situation with Russia in Ukraine, we're joined by Dr. Matthew Schmidt, Associate Professor, National Security, International Affairs, and Political Science. He has worked with the Senate, House, Armed Services Committee. He is considered an expert on Russia. We want to uh, welcome to the program, and it's Dr. Schmidt. Dr. Schmidt, thank you uh, for taking time out and joining us on the John DePietro Show. My pleasure. Doctor, let's start off. Obviously, it's a very fluid situation. Um, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to start off with you had the uh, president of France who uh, you know went over and, and met with uh, Vladimir Putin. And then as much as maybe he thought that they were making progress, uh, the Kremlin was very quick to point out uh, to kind of almost take the French president down a peg by saying that he doesn't have the standing to negotiate with them. That is classic. Putin. Um, and what we have to understand about that response is that much of what's going on here isn't about Ukraine at all. It's about Putin being able to sit at a table with the United States uh, and push his agenda on NATO. Uh, and France just doesn't have that standing because it's not NATO and it's not the United States. What ultimately, you know, this, this is uh, an international guessing game. Um, is, is it possible that he has no intentions of invading Ukraine, but instead he wants to use the show of force to obtain other things? Yes, uh, it's quite possible that that's the case. I think we have to be careful about ascribing strategic genius to Putin. He's the master of uh, oper- you know, targets of opportunity, right? And so I think he would love to push NATO out of Eastern Europe, and we, we know he would, right? And that's one strategic objective. He doesn't have to invade Ukraine in order to do that. He could just sit where he's at and threaten uh, and then hope that, you know, NATO capitulates uh, in some sort of negotiation. On the other hand, he does want to be able to shift the political direction of Ukraine, and that may require, in his mind, uh, a reinvasion. Also to keep in mind that this is not an invasion. Russia invaded in 2014, and they still, uh, they've been there ever since. So this is just an upping of that ante. Um, so both of these things could be true at the same time, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, how do you think, how is the United States and the Biden administration so far, how do you think they have handled this, this latest crisis? They've been different in that they have uh, come out more aggressively from the start, laying out the, the extent of sanctions, uh, you know, by openly saying, right, we're going we're gonna to send weapons systems. The United States has trainers in the far west. Um, you know, Britain has been even more aggressive uh, again. And so that's been quite different, uh, and they haven't, you know, they haven't budged on NATO's uh, standards and, and the right of countries to to determine their own future and join NATO or not join NATO. But I'm not sure it's that effective. I think it's the only thing that you can do if you're Biden, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get what you want. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Matthew Schmidt, and we're talking about the situation in in Ukraine. And doctor, what about when President Biden said, "Oh, if there's an incursion, it'll just be a small incursion." It was, a, you know, he misspoke. It was bad. Um, but, you know, I think it, I think it is what it is, right? He, he, was, he was saying essentially that strategically speaking, there's the possibility of a large uh, reinvasion and a smaller one. And he's saying it could be a small one. But it was a very unfortunate choice of words because it does make uh, Ukrainians feel like uh, they can't trust the U.S. I was um, on ABC News. They had a woman in Ukraine who said, oh, we're used to the Russian threats. You know, this is nothing. You even had the I believe the president of Ukraine was saying it was the United States with all the talk of a potential in, in Russian invasion that was kind of amping things up. How, how do you view that? So that's the sentiment that I get from people I talk to in Ukraine. Uh, you know, essentially that they're saying, we've been doing this for eight years. Uh, so what's new about this one? Well, looks like, you know, it's, it's bigger. There are more troops uh, surrounding us. But why should we believe that now is the time that they're going to invade? And I think that's what you're seeing, because right now, you know, Putin has control over, uh, you know, what the military calls operational tempo. He can he can decide to go slow. 
he can decide to invade quick. He can decide when. He can decide to invade quickly, you know, and, and, and deeply into Ukraine. He's got complete control of that and everybody else, including us, is just waiting. And the Ukrainians know that, so they're not getting excited. Um, they know Putin. They know him better than we do, right? They speak his... Um, so, you know, they're ready as they can be, and they'll see what happens. And, and, and what about the fact that the United States has said that Putin could, Russia could actually invade at any, in any moment. Is, is that helpful? Is that not helpful? Is that something also that maybe we, we misspoke on? Uh, I, I think it's, it's factually true about the tactical situation. Zelensky doesn't want us to say those things because it hurts him uh, economically. Uh, and so I'm not sure it's, it's helpful to do that. And I'm not sure why we did that. Um, it's also useful to remember, though, I think Americans have the wrong idea about Putin in some ways. He's not an autocrat. He's an authoritarian leader. But politics matters to him. He does have to keep the population happy to some degree. And this war is not a popular war in Russia. Hmm. Uh, you know, most of the Ukrainians are a large ethnic minority in Russia. And most Russians know somebody there, which means most Russians uh, know that there's, you know, there's a friend or a family member on the, on the other side of Russian guns right now. So this isn't something that he can dehumanize the enemy on. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Matthew Schmidt. Doctor, I'm just curious your thought or working theory on what 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 is what do you think? And again, it's just theory. But what what do you what does Putin want? Why is he doing this? What does he want? I think um, at the level of you know geo strategy, he wants to back NATO off. But I have always discounted those arguments because nato if nato is in ukraine it doesn't materially change the uh, you know the structure of the of of eastern europe right and the threat it may or may not pose to russia right we have we have nato in three countries to the north and the baltics that are functionally closer to moscow than east ukraine and modern warfare just it's not going to be tanks driving out of ukraine onto moscow never mind the fact that we're not going to invade moscow unless it's you know armageddon and, and probably not even that so I think that this this sense of strategic threat posed by NATO uh, isn't real. And Putin may not realize that, but I don't think he's dumb, and I don't think he, he, he misses it entirely. And I think the other thing is, is that Ukraine to him is kind of sacred soil. I think it's very hard for Americans to understand that, that this is, this is something that he really does see a part of Russia culturally um, and religiously. I think that's a part of it, um, and, and that he feels a historical, as in sort of mythical, you know, uh, quest kind of kind of reason to protect. And that's how he's been selling it uh, to his population. And that's what he's been saying here and there when he talks to the West. Um, and I think that that's a much bigger part of it uh, than we realize. And finally, uh, Dr. Schmidt, how concerned should we be on Russia's relationship with both Iran and China compared to our interests? I, I, that relationship has been there uh, for a long, long time, decades now. I don't think it's necessarily going to change. And again, the thing to remember is that with China in the mix, Russia is the junior partner uh, and will continue to be. And Russia needs China far more than China needs Russia. Uh, and Iran, given what they need to do and what they already have in terms of their nuclear program, isn't really that dependent on Russia. They need Russia for trade and all of that is nice. But in the end, I think Russia is very much... Uh, you know, a junior partner or an equal partner in both of these relationships, um, and that it's not much different than it was 10 years ago. Folks, again, he is uh, Dr. Matthew Schmidt. Um, doctor, is there uh, a website, or what's the best way that people could either read some of the things? I know you've, you're considered an expert in Russia, and you've written various things. What's the best way that people can learn more about uh, some of your work? Sure. Uh, just Google my name, Matthew Schmidt, that's S-C-H-M-I-D-T, uh, and uh, University of New Haven. And my faculty bio page will pop up, and you can see some of the things I've written there. I uh, go particularly to a piece called uh, Putin is the First Alt-Right President at the Georgetown Journal of International Affairs. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. 
If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401 272 3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, Republican National Committee Director of Strategic Communications. It's Gates McGavick. And Gates, uh, first first of all, thank you for joining us. And and, uh, I'd like to start off with, it's not people's imagination, the high cost of inflation and people are just seeing it everywhere. Yeah, thank you for having me. It, it's not people's imagination, right? It's it's hitting people across the board on basic goods. I mean, example, the price of bacon and eggs has gone through the roof. You know, that's moms trying to feed their kids before going to school. And the drive to school is going to be more expensive, too, because I'm sure you've seen that, you know, gas prices are also through the roof. So inflation is really hitting people, um, hitting people right at home. And uh, the Biden administration doesn't seem to have a plan to fix it. In fact, they've actually laughed it off in the past few months, even though economists across the board, including economists who worked for Barack Obama when he was in office, have been warning about this for months. And Gates, not only that, but is it fair to say the Biden administration, they seemingly, you know, this stuff doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight, doesn't go away overnight, but I don't see any type of concerted effort to to even try to address it. You know, I think there's this there's this sense that the Biden administration doesn't really care. I mean, you might remember a few months ago, Ron Klain, chief of staff, was asked about inflation, and he literally laughed and said, it's a high-class problem. It really isn't. It's hurting people at the lower end of the economic spectrum the most. And I think um, you saw it with other, other issues like Afghanistan, the border. Joe Biden doesn't really have concerted plans to fix problems. He doesn't really care about the impact they have on the American people. And I think it's because he's a career politician who finally got the office he wanted, and now he's kind of phoned it in. Folks, again, we're speaking with Gates McGavick, uh, Republican National Committee Director of Strategic Communications. And Gates, not only is the prices of everything going up, but my goodness, the high-profile crime and crime just continues to rise in Biden's America. It's, it's horrific. Um, here's a stat for you. In 2021, violent crime uh, broke records in 14 major Democrat-run cities. So 14 of the biggest cities across America had record numbers of homicides uh, in 2021 under Joe Biden. You're seeing the same thing with carjackings. I mean, I'm sure sure you've seen these videos of in cities like San Francisco, just open robbery that no one's doing anything to stop. I mean, some cities have decriminalized robbery up to a certain dollar amount. And so people will go into a CVS or a Walgreens, just clean out the shelves and walk out. There's no repercussions. That's not what a healthy society looks like. When people are feeling unsafe in their communities after years of Democrats trying to defund the police, I mean, this is what happens when you have fewer cops, there's more crime. And, you know, it's not a very strong midterm election pitch for Democrats when everything is more expensive and your community is more unsafe. And not only that, again, uh, you know, there doesn't seem to be any effort. And even, you know, you, you get a situation where President Biden went to New York and he didn't really, they're not really addressing the crime problem in New York City. No, they're not. I mean, a perfect example. On the day he went to New York, there was a funeral for one of the hero cops, one of the two hero cops that recently died in New York, and Biden didn't attend the funeral. I think that right there kind of shows uh, shows his attitude towards this problem. You had all of America watching this funeral on Fox News, the heartbreaking footage of this grieving widow, uh, Jason Rivera's widow, talking directly about how defund the police policies uh, led to her husband being in that kind of danger. And Joe Biden wouldn't even show his face at the event. You know, and again, folks, we speak with Gates McGavick, uh, Republican National Committee Director of Strategic Communications. You know, Gates, as crime rates continue to go up, one of the other things that you hear about 
police is, you know, when you have someone in the White House like a President Trump where they felt the president had their back, it's just a huge difference between that and then you have a president that they openly feel does not have their back. Yeah, I, I think I think you're seeing it right now. I mean, Joe Biden has he's allowed his party to totally embrace the defund the police movement. He's also pushed. Uh, luckily, it's seeming to fail in the courts, but he pushed this forced vaccine mandate that led to a lot of cops to walk off the job. So it's kind of like a two front attack on our law enforcement officers. And then, you know, Biden's responsible for what the Democrat Party does. He's at the top of the ticket. Some of the district attorneys that you're seeing get elected across the country are making this problem even worse. The one in New York, Alvin Bragg, he was recently sworn in. He is not going to not going to prosecute for prostitution. He's not going to prosecute for petty crime. Um, you know, when you have when you have policies like this that just strip the strip the rights of police officers to actually follow up on and prosecute smaller crimes it's a ripple effect that extends throughout the whole community and you're seeing it in cities like new york like san francisco like chicago right now folks again he is gates mccavick republican national committee director of strategic communications make henry oil your oil provider this winter give them a call today call henry oil 401-521-0200 0200 Henry Oil serving most Rhode Island and southeastern Mass automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing you can depend on Henry Oil call them today 401 521 0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's Henry Oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil folks you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 fm well we are starting to hear that COVID restrictions, supposedly, a number of them are going to start to be ending. Now, joining us right now, not only is he a candidate for Kentucky's 5th Congressional District, but he happens to be a leading physician, and it is Dr. Richard Van Dam. Doctor, thank you for taking the time to uh, uh, speak with us. First of all, let's start off with what uh, leads you to believe that they're going to start to lessen and lower the COVID restrictions? Uh, Thank you for having me on the show, first of all. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, because lockdowns don't work. And that was the message that was clearly sent from this John Hopkins University report uh, where the data showed that lockdowns in the U.S. only dropped deaths by 0.2%. And this was a meta-analysis of 34 studies regarding that first wave of the pandemic when lockdowns were extensively used back in July of 2020. And now we would expect even less effectiveness from lockdowns in the setting of Omicron variant, because we have vaccines, we have good therapeutics now, and and this is a highly contagious variant uh, with less hospitalizations, less severe outcomes than the Alpha and Delta variants. So I I think the reason um, that we care that lockdowns, uh, they had such a detrimental effect. They, They come at a cost, and they damaged our economy, increased unemployment, caused a loss of education for our children, committed, uh, contributed to this domestic violence and political unrest that we're seeing. Lockdowns didn't work, not as effective as we needed. Omicron's different. At this point, lockdowns are probably a thing of the past. Folks, folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Richard Van Dam. And Dr., you know, for those that say follow the science, well, it, it certainly seems you make a, a strong argument that those that follow the science, science supports ending these COVID restrictions. Yeah, you know what? Exactly. Lockdowns were an empiric, uh, you know, when we didn't have anything else, we empirically used lockdowns to say, let's get control of the situation. Let's find out what's going on. We don't have a vaccine yet. And, but now that we have those therapeutics and vaccines and good information coming in, at this point, lockdowns are a thing of the past based on the science because the science is showing this didn't really help. You know, like I said, we we had some good data. This was a John Hopkins study by economists, not just epidemiologists. 
and they looked at the epidemiology data from many studies at the time. Um, and uh, I, it probably would be helpful to explain exactly what lockdowns are. We're talking about those broad sweeping lockdowns with government mandates which restrict services, many which are essential to the health of society and the economy. We're not talking about those good work from home options, options uh, which give us choices. Um, this is more of those compulsory closed businesses, travel bans, closed schools. Uh, my wife and I, just uh, we just had a, a child four weeks ago, a little baby boy, Theodore James Van Dam. So grateful for delivery service options for formula, diapers. These things are helpful. Uh, in fact, we've used DoorDash more in the last four weeks than we ever have. Hmm. And it's a wonderful, safe option, uh, alternative. But the broad sweeping lockdowns, that's what's ineffective, possibly dangerous in this pandemic, certainly moving forward. Folks, again, we'll speak with Dr. Richard Van Dam, leading physician, also, in fact, candidate, Kentucky's 5th Congressional District. Doctor, what about, we're starting to hear, the governor of New Jersey said that beginning in mid-March, he's going to leave it up to local districts about masking in schools. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it should be left up to local districts in the first place. This shouldn't be coming down as a one-size-fits-all. Each community is different. They have different data. We're even seeing this with Omicron. As some, some areas are still peaking. Some are already peaked and declining throughout the nation. Overall, thankfully, we have a good decline, uh, 35% down uh, this week across the nation on average. So um, these local decisions of when to allow working uh, school from home or work from home, uh, these are good. The other thing that we saw from the John Hopkins study, <laughs> that the closure of certain non-essential businesses temporarily actually did have great results, uh, a 10.9% reduction, uh, mostly attributed to closing bars for that period of time. But we have to understand there wasn't a close it and forget it. it. It was supposed to be let's get through this uh, week by week or day by day and reassess. They weren't supposed to be a long-term closures or lockdowns. And that's where the local districts, local government can make those decisions and say, hey, let's get control of this situation. Let's shut down certain uh, you know, aspects of, of non-essential business if needed for a short period of time. But I'm not even sure we're going to go there anymore, nor should we. We've got good data. I think at this point it's about being safe in other ways. Um, I, I know with, you know with my wife and I just having a baby, again, as an example, we want to be safe, take care of him, protect him. And, and so for us, masks might be appropriate, but for a lot of people – They've got good natural immunity, good vaccine. Uh, maybe they've just recovered from Omicron. And, and so a mask really doesn't make sense. It, no one size fits all. It has to be personalized. Folks, he is Dr. Richard Van Dam. And doctor, what about uh, someone wants to learn more about you or your campaign? Do you have a website, Facebook page? How can people learn more about your, your campaign? Absolutely. If, if I'm running for the 5th Congressional District in Kentucky, we're the poorest rural district, poorest Republican district in the nation. We're hurting some of the highest cancer rates in the nation. And, and what we do here affects all of America, the decisions we're making. Um, if people would like to talk to me more, I can be reached at, on Facebook at Van Dam for Kentucky. I personally respond to every message. I would love to hear from our viewers love for them to even get involved in the uh, campaign and, and help out in any way. Uh, help me fire Fauci because it's not just about villainizing him over politics. As a physician, I can say Dr. Anthony Fauci as another physician clearly has not followed the science or the data, but he's also responsible for innumerable deaths in America, the misinformation, the mishandling of this COVID crisis. And of course, let's not forget how he lied under testimony to Congress. Um, I still remember when we had Major League Baseball players who lied under testimony to Congress. And look what happened to their careers, how they were destroyed. Yet Fauci lied under testimony to Congress. This has come out. It's pretty clear. And I know 10 years from now we'll have the truth and there'll probably be a Netflix series on this about what Fauci did. I need everybody's help now going to Congress to fire Fauci now. So, again, uh, Van Dam for Kentucky on Facebook or VanDamForKentucky.com, my website. And uh, anybody that would be much appreciated, WinRed.com for anybody that wants to donate. 
and help out this campaign. I'm running against uh, an incumbent who's been there for 43 years, and uh, it's time for him to retire and, and somebody to take up the new energy as a physician, a congressman, a conservative Republican, most of all a father. Uh, I've got the energy to do that. I'm, I'm going to bring that expertise to D.C., uh, a cure for Congress, as we say. I like that. Folks, he is Dr. Richard Van Dam. Doctor, thank you for joining us, and good luck on the campaign trail. Thank you so much. ...into Brood Awakenings and discovered the Brood difference. Two locations in Johnston, also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings, they're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment, great comfortable chairs, delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 percent service one customer at a time from service calls maintenance agreements to installation re coogan heating proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, we continue our conversations with Dr. Rob Harrison. And Dr. Rob, during these uh, challenging times, uh, especially the winter time and everything going on with COVID, people get locked down. People are not seeing people as much. It can be a very challenging, frustrating time for people. That's why it's so important for people to realize, and especially family members that have men over 50, this epidemic of people doing harm to themselves, taking their own lives. And that's why more and more people are learning about mantherapy.org. Yes, John, uh, you're absolutely right. There is a, a huge problem with, uh, with middle-aged men, but with, uh, with adults of all ages, obviously, and of all sexes. But we're focusing, as we said, on, on middle-aged men. And man therapy is a great resource um, to help men kind of sort out where they are in their mental health problems and also uh, to look at resources that might be available for them. Dr. Rob, if you would be so kind as just to let people know, when people log on, whether it be a family member that could be concerned about a, a husband, a father, an uncle, a grandfather, a boyfriend, or the, the person himself, what are the types of questions that they're going to find at mantherapy.org? Well, a lot of times they're just going to try to, one of the best things to do is just for a man to take the 20-point head inspection. Uh, that will help a man figure out, am I just being feeling stressed or am I really suffering maybe from depression or severe anxiety or something else like that? That's probably the best place to start to kind of see where you are um, and if you need to kind of seek some other help or not. Uh, another great place to start is looking at some of the, the videos, the testimonials of, of men who have struggled with different problems and found that uh, there's a lot of help available if they are willing to uh, ask for it. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Rob Harrison, and I want the listeners to understand that, you know, Dr. Rob, th this is, it shouldn't be someone's imagination. Let's face it, th these are difficult times right now. Number one, the winter time can be tough. And when we're getting, you know, feet by the snow, by the feet, not just the inch, that can be a challenge. But between inflation, between, you know, the ongoing battle with COVID, it, it's very understandable that people may start to really start to feel down, maybe lower than they've ever felt. But the good thing, folks, about mantherapy.org 
is it's designed specifically with men and helping both them to maybe get help and more importantly family members see some of the warning signs yeah it, it is and it, any any women out there who have a uh, men in their life that they're concerned about <coughs> excuse me um this would be a, a great website to go to just to try to to see if uh, it may have some suggestions for you that could be helpful but certainly you could encourage uh your your male friend to uh, to also seek it the the website it's so easy it's always available there's no stigma involved nobody's going to know that you went there it's uh it's just a great way to to kind of investigate where you are and to seek some help folks again we're speaking with dr rob harrison and i want the listeners to understand you know dr rob and i we fully recognize this is not an easy topic to 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 broach with people and people are very sensitive but there is without question there is an epidemic of men older men uh 50 and older who are uh taking their own life and and many times there are warning signs there are ways that uh there is you know people hear about cpr and dr rob there's even a way that there is an employer or maybe a coach or maybe just a family member that they could take very simple that you offer that, as you talk about, it could save lives and it's very easy and it helps people understand some of the warning signs. Yeah, QPR is, is a great training. Uh, it's, it's community level training. Any adult uh, can take it. Any adult can help save a life. And I believe it should be just as required as, as CPR, uh, perhaps even more. I think QPR is more effective really than CPR at saving lives. Um, it, the, most of the trainings in, in South County certainly are free. I offer uh, free Zoom trainings uh, for the community the first and third Tuesdays of every month from 6 in the evening to 7.30, just an hour and a half. People are certified for three years as, as suicide prevention gatekeepers. And it's a, an evidence-based program. We know it works. We know the studies are behind it are solid. So... Um, you can go to healthybodieshealthyminds.org if you want to get a, a schedule of the, the trainings, and they can get the registration link there. Uh, as I said, it's free. Uh, I even had somebody from Las Vegas take the training with me a couple of weeks ago. He had heard about it from a friend in, in Rhode Island and uh, uh, was struggling with his uh, with a family member who was uh, uh, having difficulty. So uh, this is a, a great free training. I think Again, I think any, every adult should have it. Folks, again, he is Dr. Rob Harrison. The website is mantherapy.org. All your firearms, ammunition, accessories, stop it and see the Defender of the Faith Second Amendment headquarters is competition shooting supplies located 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. See the owner, John Francis. You can call him at 401 727 1716. Now, remember also, if you want to sell some firearms, maybe you have a collection or there's just some that you don't use, you can also either sell them on consignment or sell them to John Francis. Stop it and see John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You can also look for them on Facebook. And he is always posting new inventory that he has in. So whether it's firearms, ammunition, accessories, stop in my gun guy competition shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Take the last exit in Rhode Island, exit 2A. Drive past the Attleboro train station and then right up at the light, Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. Take the left. I'll see you at competition shooting supplies. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Well, folks, as you know, it's been the controversy regarding Whoopi Goldberg, The View, uh, her comments about race, especially about the Holocaust, totally insensitive. Uh, she even doubled down then when she did an interview with Stephen Colbert. And now, obviously, she is uh, suspended for two weeks. Joining us right now, leading psychiatrist, also psychologist, excuse me, author of the book, Shut Up and Listen to Yourself, is Dr. Joshua Estrin. And doctor, first of all, thank you for joining us. And I'd like to just start off your thoughts on this basic overview of the Whoopi Goldberg controversy. Well, thank you for having me, first and foremost. I appreciate it. And um, I have to say, you know, I was a big fan of Whoopi in the beginning when she was a comedian. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And, um, She's a smart, intelligent 
powerful woman. So when she makes statements like this, um, it's very disturbing because she's on a huge platform. She's a celebrity. She's on The View. And Whoopi just needs to get her facts straight. I mean, we've we've been under this dark cloud of the pandemic where we're, we're getting facts has been difficult. And, and to come out with such a, a strong statement about a supercharged topic like the Holocaust and make it um, almost a, a black-white or, or a racial issue, just it it's wrong, it's absurd, it's silly, and it's very disturbing. And that's just my opinion. Doctor, it almost seems as though, um, it, I, I think in some ways she's kind of gotten away with things because of she is a woman of color, and whenever someone like herself begins to discuss race, they're, they're given, you know, a lot of room and freak, you know, it very, I don't, you normally never challenged on it. And, um, and she just kept digging herself deeper. What did it tell you, though, where she was, and again, you have to go to me, what her initial comments were, was she seemed perplexed at the thought that the Holocaust had to do with race um, and then was doubling down about it, saying that when she was on Stephen Colbert, she said, well, if someone sees me walking down the street, they know I'm a woman of color. But, you know, you can look at people and not know they're Jewish. Right. It, it, it was so absurd. It, it's almost as if, and, and many of us have been in this situation before or have been with someone who, who says something basically stupid. And then instead of just sucking it up and saying, you know what, I should have kept my mouth shut, they do what, exactly what you said. They, they feel backed into a corner and they just keep digging themselves deeper. And, you know, Whoopi is a lot of things. But last time I checked, she wasn't a historian. She wasn't a sociologist. She wasn't an expert on, um, on um, the Holocaust. And I would go as far as saying Whoopi probably isn't an expert on critical race theory either. So, you know, the facts are wrong. The Holocaust was a genocide. Definition of a genocide is a focus on ethnicity, race, religion, um, six million Jews, plus a whole lot of other people that didn't agree with the Nazi party and with Hitler were exterminated. And there was almost this teetering on the edge of comparing it to, to the slavery experience. So we had 12 million slaves brought to this country, which was horrible and horrific, and, and there's really no way we can go back and course correct. And there were six million plus Jews killed in the Holocaust, which was horrible and horrific. And we can never go back and course correct. So why are we trying to compare them instead of solve the problem? So this is, in fact, the last genocide. This is, in fact, the last you know, racially charged um, issue of, 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 of enslaving people. We should we should be the Whoopi Goldbergs of the world should be having conversations about how to solve the problems instead of further complicate them. And again, that's just my opinion. Folks, again, I understood. We're speaking with Dr. Joshua Estrin. And, and uh, doctor, you know, but let's talk about, there seems to be a double standard here because I believe you could make an argument. There was the, there's a, a radio person, he's also on television named Nick Cannon. And he said some, I mean, definition of anti-Semitic comments. And he then just said, you know, I need some time to reflect on it. He didn't lose his job. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, it's a two-week suspension. I, I think it's fair to talk about why is it that someone like Sharon Osbourne, or even you go back to Roseanne Barr, they they were fired, and yet Whoopi Goldberg gets a suspension. This, to me, seems to be a double standard where people of color feel that they can basically say anything about race and even say anti-Semitic comments, and for some reason we give them you know, the, whether it be entertainment, whatever, but they, they're given more more, more room, more latitude. They're, they're given more space, and, and they're allowed to, in my mind, to get away with things more. Well, so respectfully, I think that's a sweeping generalization. There are people out there of color who, makes, who make really interesting comments and, and play the race card, but I, I don't think all people of color no, no. do that. Uh, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned two people. I mentioned Whoopi Goldberg. I mentioned Nick Cannon. So I, I don't... I can't. Yeah, I don't think you can say it's a sweeping generalization. I'm I'm naming specific people. Right, and, and so in the case of of, of of Whoopi Goldberg, it's a layered issue. She's also executive producer of of the show. That doesn't make it right. Um, now she's threatening to to leave the show. I say bye bye. You yep. know, if, if if you're going to use that platform to spread, um, uh, you know, 
information that's just not factual and kind of stirs the pot that's already been brewing now for for many many years then then maybe the best thing to do is you know exit stage left will be and and go and be what you think you are you know go to school and be a researcher and research critical race and and, and the holocaust and then but what but why wasn't she fired um i don't know I oh don't come know. on um, you don't know so it would be equally wrong of me to say that Whoopi Goldberg wasn't fired simply because she's a black woman. I don't know. She's executive producer of the show. Yep. So, I, and, and Whoopi gets ratings, and controversy gets ratings. True. The other question is, um, you know, although the women um, on, the, on the set at the time seemed a bit aghast, to say the least, they also came out very strongly that they didn't agree with her suspension. Joy Behar, like me, is an American who happens to be Jewish. And so, you know, I'm, I'm questioning that as well. Um, why is the cast not saying, yeah, she needs to take a deep breath and a break? So there's a lot of white women on that show who aren't holding Whoopi responsible for what she said and rallying behind her. So I will agree with you that this is a very interesting time in history where we're all walking on those proverbial eggshells, black, white, gay, straight, you know, it's it's as if we can't say anything without the fear of, of of being being canceled or silenced, and we need to stop this silliness and start focusing on the things that really matter. I mean, well, let let, let let me just jump in for a moment. Let let's talk sure. about the view, though. To me, they can't decide what they want to be because when you talk about current events and things in the news, you're going to have situations like this. You had the situation with Joy, Joy Behar was saying that she she hinted that Vice President Mike Pence, that maybe he suffered from mental illness because he prayed and he thought God talked to him. So to me, I believe if you're going to allow them and want to have this platform, we're just, they're talking about issues of the day and just then let it go. Then there should be no suspension. Then, you know, that's what she said and let her come back on the air and hash it out and then just move on to the next. To me, one of the, the problems is just they, they seemingly, you know, they, a lot of this stuff started actually when it was when it was Regis, Regis and Kathy Lee, when they would discuss things in the headlines. But the, the view have found themselves that when you, you take people and put them on and they're not fully up on all the issues, they can say things that don't make sense. Doctor, again, folks, it's Dr. Joshua Estrin. Doctor, I want to give you the last word. Well, you had the last word. You know what? If you're going to be a morning or an afternoon talk show, you're 90% entertainment, 10% other. Stick to what you do right. Entertain right. people and, and stop trying to be the, the voice of, of all things. Whoopi is not the voice of all women, all black women, all black people. So Whoopi, you know, like, take a break, take a deep breath, come back on, entertain us, and, and leave the other stuff to the experts. That's exactly right. Folks, Dr. Joshua Estrin, again, his book, Shut Up and Listen to Yourself. Doctor, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Hey, I appreciate it. Stay safe. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there, and that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, D-E-P-E-T-R-O dot com, DePetro dot com.